Welcome to Companions of Perception Check. Tonight is episode 17. We'll be discussing our favorite subclasses from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I'm your host, Kevin, and tonight I'm joined by... Seth Colgrove. And Zachary Ruffing. Good evening, fellas. Alright, so... Howdy. Xanathar's gives us... Uh, some new subclasses as well as some reprinted from uh, the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And a lot of these were, I mean, these were released through the Underearth Arcana and heavily playtested. Um, so let's, you know what, let's, let's just jump right in. We'll uh, list what our favorites are, and then we'll jump in and discuss them. Um, we'll go by a class-by-class -class basis after everybody says their favorites. So, Seth, or Zach, what what are your favorites out of the subclasses? Um, well, probably my top three for me going from three to one is the um, Arcane Archer, the Storm Herald Barbarian, and then the Oath of Conquest Paladin. I believe we we discussed the Oath of Conquest Paladin a couple of days ago and realized that even the, uh, was it the Hell, Hell Knights? Yeah. Would be the Voices of Reason in our Voice campaigns? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Seth, what, what, were you, what were your top three from the, <clears throat> from Xanathar's? Uh, my three favorites are the College of Whispers Bard, the Horizon Walker Ranger, and the Mastermind Rogue. Okay. Um, mine, funny enough, is along the same lines as yours, Seth. Uh, I like the College of Glamour Bard, the Gloomstalker Ranger, and the Mastermind Rogue. Um, so let's, let's, let's jump in here with the go down and hit the um, barbarians the storm herald barbarians first it's your your basic you know it's a barbarian that is pat it, it you know it, it um well the idea is they live in extreme environments and actually draw strength from that environment to uh, enhance themselves magically um the cool thing about them is their big idea with their rage is rather than just hitting harder or stuff, they actually get weird auras and magical effects from uh, from their rages. And they, they get a set of powers based on which, uh, which extreme environment you pick. Stormy, coastal hind, tundra, or deserts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that starts at, at third level... Um, it, it starts 10 feet, um, but not through, but doesn't, it extends 10 feet from you, but doesn't go through total cover. Um, yeah. And it gives a, a fairly decent, um, I guess, aura save DC of eight plus proficiency plus constitution modifier. The And, and barbarians really stack up on constitution, so... Yeah. I mean, if they really wanted to nerf this, they could give it, like, Charisma modifier, because I really don't see a lot yeah, that's of... What they have for that's what they have for Zealots or uh, Ancestor Barbarians or something. I don't remember which one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the desert... Um, all creatures take two fire damage, increasing to three it... 5th level, 4 at 10th, 5 at 15th, and 6 at 20. Um, if you do this... Yeah, but you know, you know, how, you know how useful that'll be, because you know how much stuff is completely decimated by fire in this game. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, let's, let's get a, let's get a, a Storm Herald Barbarian going and team them up with, uh, with some grease. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the 
You got the Sea Aura, which allows you to choose a creature in the aura and must make a deck saving throw. Um, or And it takes 1d6 on a failed save. 1d6 lightning damage on a failed save. Half as much on a successful one. And then ups to 2d6 at 10th, 3d6 at 15th, and 4d6 at 20th level. Um, yeah. Less chance of hitting, but you hit harder. Yeah. The if you if you go the tundra path, each creature in your uh of your choice in your aura gets two temporary hit points. Um and then moves up to three at fifth level, four at tenth, and five at fifteenth, and six at twentieth. Um, Just gotta keep in mind that the tundra path is slippery. Actually that's even funny because they get this one ability where area around them becomes icy terrain. And things slip and fall over. See, funny and practical. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, well, at sixth level, the um, you get benefits even when your aura isn't active, um, which means it's good even while you're not raging. Um, the desert gain resistance to fire damage. Uh, don't suffer. Ex- from extreme heat, and you can just touch a flammable object and set it on fire. Um, if you go the sea route, you get resistance to lightning damage and can breathe underwater and get a swimming speed of 30 feet. If you go tundra, you gain resistance to cold damage and don't suffer effects from extreme cold. And you can touch water and turn it into a five-foot cube of ice, which melts after a minute. But you apparently can't do that if somebody's in the cube. Well, a creature is in the cube. Then at tenth level... There's bacteria in the cube. Rules lawyer. (laughs) At tenth level, you learn to use the mastery of the storm to protect others. Um, And each creature of your choice has damage resistance... While it's while they're in your aura, fourteenth um, level they get the raging storm ability, um, which for the desert, after a creature immediately after a creature in your aura hits you with an attack, you can use reaction to force that creature to make a deck saving throw. On a failed save, it takes fire damage equal to half your barbarian level. Uh, for C must make a strength saving throw the creature must make a strength saving throw on a failed save it's not prone as if struck by a wave and for tundra um, it must a creature must in the aura you must succeed on a strength saving throw or its speed is reduced to zero at the start of your next turn as if as magical frost covers it you thrust you duck a little and thrust both your hands forward but if it's blocking, you hit yourself. <laughs> well, this, I mean, this kind of reminds me of um, the um, the auras that the uh, uh, Paladins had in Diablo Paladins, 2. Yeah. It, I don't know, it gives kind of a... I mean, I, I see it story-wise. It, they're, they're out in the extremes. Yeah. They, can, in, they can tune into the the rough terrain that they the extreme conditions that they live around yeah I think I like like that they actually get a lot of crowd support ability like you can transfer some of your abilities to your allies you have a a positioning is actually really important for these guys and that that also makes sense from a I guess from a story perspective too uh, yeah, because most don't most bar- barbarians they're they're tri- they're tribal based, so it's kind of like everybody works together, kind of a deal. Yeah, but let's let's move on to the bards. Um, we'll start with Seth's favorite, the College of Whispers. Um. Honestly, the two bard classes that we have are the two that 
had I known about them at the time, Varys probably would have fallen into one of those two. <laughs> it's possible. Um, but also, like I've said, the part of the problem is that we didn't know Varys starting out. And yeah, that's true. That his personality is kind of developed. One thing that's actually kind of interesting about both these parts is they have some very similar, uh, similar things in common in how their mechanics work. I mean, there are differences, but a lot of them involve fear or charm based on cap conversation and such. Mm-hmm. So, the the College of Whispers. Gosh, uh, the the best I can I can liken it to is really a spy. Either that or a con yeah. man. I am or yeah, that or a con man. Um and it, it it even says there they typically claim to follow some other college where they keep their actual co- calling secret in order to infiltrate and exploit royal courts or other seats of power. Um which I I can see them joining a a, a band in in game to up the you know find some legendary item for power on a quest. But mechanically, it, you you move through at third level, they get psychic blades. Um, so when you when you hit a creature with like weapon, you have to have purple hair and an English accent. Done. <laughs> um, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, uh, you expend use of one of your bardic inspiration to deal an extra 2d6 psychic damage uh, and can only do once per round on your turn. Goes to 3d6 at 5th level, 5d6 at 10th level, and 8d6 at 15th level. So you're doing rogue damage. At, at this point, I think they're just like, Bards need to be able to roll rogue dice. I, I think that's what they they're doing. Um, yeah. You also get words of terror. At third level, you learn to infuse innocent seeming words with insidious magic that can inspire terror. If you which speak, sounds fantastic. It does. Um, how, unfortunately, you have to speak to a humanoid alone for at least a minute. Uh, you attempt to seed paranoia in its mind. At the end of the conversation, the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or be frightened of you or another creature of your choice. The target is frightened this way for one hour until it is attacked or damaged or until it witnesses allies being attacked or damaged. Um, if it succeeds on the saving throw, the target has no hint that you tried to frighten it. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part. If it even if it succeeds, it doesn't even know what you were up to. Yeah, um, and you can't use it again until you finish a long or short rest. That I really think that that whole it doesn't know really plays into the bard as well. Um, just, you know, you're you're making conversation. You're you're spinning spinning a story. They may not believe you. And they may just think it, because of that, may just think, hey, he's just telling me, you know, a big fish story. <laughs> Even though you're trying to tell him the big fish is about to eat him. <laughs> um, well, trust me, if you come up against our, our group in a campaign, the big fish is about to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, the mantle of, of whispers is very... Um, very is the best thing I've ever heard of (laughs) at at 6th level you gain the ability to adopt a humanoid's persona when a humanoid dies within 30 feet of you you can magically capture its shadow using your reaction you retain the shadow until you use it or you finish a long rest you can use the shadow as an action when you do so it vanishes magically transforming into a disguise that appears on you you now look like the dead person but healthy and alive the disguise lasts for 1 hour or until you end it as a bonus action when you're in the disguise, you gain access to all the information the humanoid would freely share with a casual acquaintance, such as, infor- general, such as such information includes general details about its background, personal life, but doesn't include secrets. 
The information is enough that you can pass yourself off as the person by drawing on its memories. Another creature can see through the disguise by succeeding on a wisdom insight check contested by your charisma deception check. You gain a plus five bonus on your check. Once you capture you know, it. I would love to punk, I would love to punk funerals with it. <laughs> well that's why that that's what makes you a monster. <laughs> hey remember my favorite is a very deliberately evil paladin, so yeah. Fair point. <laughs> yes, but even he's like, you guys whoa, guys, tone it down a notch when he comes across our group. Like that should be our first oath, the first oath of conquest paladin we encounter is uh one the one that was at that had this funeral that Zach crashed. <laughs> and he's just like, Okay, done, I'm done. I, I, I forfeit my paladin powers. This is it. I'm gone. Uh, so so moving on at fourteenth level you get Shadow Lore. Uh, you gain the ability to weave dark magic into your words and tap into a creature's deepest fears. Um, as an action, you magically whisper a phrase that only one creature of your choice within 30 feet of you can hear. You must make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. It automatically succeeds if it doesn't share a language with you or if it can't hear you. On a successful saving throw, your whisper sounds like unintelligible mumbling and has no effect. Again, has no idea you tried to do anything. On a failed save, it's charmed by you for the next eight hours, or until you or your allies attack it, damage it, or force it to make a saving throw. It interprets the whispers as a description of its most mortifying secret. You gain no knowledge of the secret, but the target is convinced you know it. The charmed creature obeys your commands for fear that you'll reveal its secret. It won't risk its life for you, or fight for you, unless it already was inclined to do so. It grants you favors and gifts it would offer to a close friends. Um, when it ends, it has no idea why it held you in such fear. <laughs> this, this power is amazing on so many levels because A, you get to scare them into basically being your manservant. <laughs> B, if you fail, he just thinks you're quirky and you talk to yourself at a level that no one can hear you. And C, when it's over, he doesn't remember why he did any of it. And by that point, you could probably do it again. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, the the bard I like, um, the College of Glamour, which I swear, uh, I, I would think that if we could reclass Ferris, he would probably go on this, this route, just because they seem showy, flamboyant and love being the center of attention. He doesn't take that after me. Um, so at third level you get the mantle of inspiration which um, you gain the ability to weave a song of fey magic that imbues your allies with vigor and speed um, as a bonus action you can expend the use of one of your bardic inspiration to grant yourself a wondrous appearance when you do so choose a number of creatures you can see and that can see you Within 60 feet of you, equal to your charisma modifier, equal minimum of one. Each of them gains five temporary hit points. When a creature gains these temporary hit points, it can immediately use its reaction to move up to its speed without pro provoking opportunity attacks. Temporary hit points increase when you reach um, increases when you reach levels when the class eight at fifth level, eleven at tenth, and fourteen at fifteenth. You also get enthralling performance. Um, you charge your per performance with seductive fey magic. You perform for at least a, if you perform for at least a minute, you can attempt to inspire wonder in your audience by singing, reciting a poem, or dancing. At the end of the performance, choose a number of humanoids within sixty feet of you who watched and listened to it all, up to the up to a number equal to your charisma modifier. Each target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or be charmed by you. While charmed in this way, the target idolizes you, it speaks glowing of you to anyone it talks to, and it hinders anyone who, poses, who opposes you, even though it avoids violence unless already inclined to fight on your behalf. Effect ends after one hour, unless it takes, if, if this effect ends after one hour, if it takes any damage, if you attack it or witness 
you attacking or damaging any of its allies. If the Tarzik succeeds on the saving throw, has no hint, you try to charm it. Seth, what what college is Varus? Um, lore. Yeah, lore. Lore. So he doesn't really doesn't really have anything where he, for charming that's undetectable, does he? Other than the fact that he's just very charming, no. Yeah. All I can think of, enthralling performance would go great for his <laughs> concert at Farwall. That <laughs> um, sixth level, you get Mantle of Majesty. Um, you get you gain the ability to cloak yourself in a magic that makes others want to serve you. As a bonus action, you can cast Command without expending a spell slot. So Zach has already leave. Yeah, <laughs> Zach has already. Uh, determined that we can't use this in his campaigns due to that. Um, so you cast c command without expending a spell slot. You take on an appearance of an unearthly beauty for one minute or until your concentration ends, as if you're concentrating on a spell. During this time, you can cast command as a bonus action on each one of your turns without expending a spell slot. Any creature charmed by you automatically fails at saving throw against the command spell you cast with this feature. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a table flipping moment for a DM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Varus is going to have to go back for a second degree. Megan <laughs> <laughs> um, says that Varus wouldn't try this to win over his fans falsely, and I'm telling, and I'm trying to tell her that this isn't for the fans. This is, this is causing Zach. To flip tables. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's... Yeah, leave. Um, also get Unbreakable Majesty at 14th level. Your appearance permanently gains an otherworldly aspect that makes you look more lovely and fierce. In addition, as a bonus action, you can assume a magically majestic presence for one minute or until you're incapacitated for the duration whenever any Creature tries to attack you for the first time on its turn. It must make a charisma saving throw against your spell save DC. On a failed save, it can't attack you on this turn. It must choose a new target, or the attack is wasted. So you become too beautiful for it to hit. And uh, female characters are blocked out from you for this subclass forever. <laughs> so let's move on to the, oh, the soul fighter in the group. The Arcane Archer. Arcane. Yeah. Appears that it's kind of a you studied with the elves kind of a deal to weave magic into your attacks. Because um, at third third level you you get Arcane Archer lore, which is the magical theory. Or some secret of nature. Um, you gain proficiency in either arcana or nature. And you get either prestidigitation or druid cat craft cantrip. Uh, you also get arcane shot. Um, there's those eight wonderful types of arrows. Uh, yeah. You get to... You also get um, to learn two arcane shot options. Um, you get, you could choose Banishing Arrow, um, use, uh, Abjuration Magic to try and temporarily banish the target to a harmless location in the Feywild, must exist on the saving throw or be banished, um, when you reach 18th level, it takes 2d6 force damage as well, uh, Beguiling Arrow causes the temp the target to temporarily beguile its target. It takes an extra 2d... The creature hit by the arrow takes an extra 2d6 psychic damage. And... Choose one of your allies... Um, within 30 feet of the target. And the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the chosen ally until the start of your next turn. Um, psychic damage increases to 4d6 when you reach 18th level. Bursting arrow. Um, 
You imbue your arrow with the force energy drawn from the school of evocation. Uh, detonates after you attack. Um, the target and all creatures within 10 feet take 2d6 force damage each, upping to 46 when you reach 18th level. Enfeebling arrow. Um, you add 2d6 necrotic damage and also succeed on constitution saving throw. Um, or the da uh, if it fails, the damage is dealt. The damage dealt by its weapons attacks have until the next turn. Necrotic damage ups to 46 when you reach 18th level. Grasping arrow. Um, the arrow strikes its target, creating grasping poisonous brambles, which wrap around the target. Um, creature hit by the target takes an extra 2d6 poison damage, speed reduced by 10, and takes 2d6 slashing damage the first time on each on each turn it moves one food or more without teleporting. Uh, target can within reach can remove the brambles with a successful strength check against your arcane shot save DC. Otherwise, the brambles last for one minute. Poison damage goes up to 46 when you reach 18th level. Um, piercing arrow. Uh, um, you don't make an attack roll. Um, instead, the arrow shoots forward in line, one foot wide and 30 feet long before disappearing. Passes harmly through objects ignoring the, and ignoring cover. Each creature in the line must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes damage as if it were hit by the arrow, plus an extra 1d6 piercing damage. On a successful save, it takes half as much damage and ups to 2d6 at 18th level. Seeking arrow. Uh, you don't make an attack roll. Choose one teacher you've seen in the past minute. Arrow flies towards the creature, moving around corners. If necessary, ignoring three quarters and half cover. Um, if the creature is within the weapon's range and there's a path long enough for it to travel, um, target must make a dexterity saving throw. Otherwise, the arrow disappears after traveling as fast as it can. On a fail save, the target takes damage as if it were hit by the arrow plus an extra 1d6 force damage, and you learn the target's current location. On a successful save, the target takes half this damage, you don't learn its location, up to 2d6 when you reach 18th level. Shadow, arrow, you weave illusion magic, um, causing it to occlude your foe's vision in shadow, with shadows. Creatures hit by the arrow take an extra 2d6 psychic damage, but succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be unable to see anything farther than 5 feet away till the start of your turn. Uh, psychic damage increases to 46 when you reach the 18th level. Which is crazy. Yeah. I think I missed Boxing Glove Arrow. <laughs> you know, I have the perfect concept for my, uh, for my Arcane Archer character. I think I'm going to name him Oliver. At 7th uh, level, you get Magic Arrow. Um, you can make a... It gives you the ability to make a arrow magic for the purposes of overcoming uh, resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks. Um, magic fades immediately after hit or misses the target. 7th level, you get Curving Shot. Um, If you make an attack roll and miss, you can use a bonus action to re-roll the attack against a different target within 60 feet of the original target. Then you get the ever-ready shot at 15th. Your magical archery is available whenever battle starts. If you roll initiative and have no uses of arcane shot remaining, you regain one use of it. Um, and at... And I think that's... Yeah, that's all they yeah. got. What I like about it is it it does a lot to change how the fighter works. You still do a lot of control stuff on the battlefield, but from range. Yeah, gives you the uh, gives you a lot of ability to um, not have to really take all the punishment. 
Yeah. Not quite as... I think it still would have worked better as a Ranger, and I did say as much when they were testing it, but... Eh. Might have been... I don't know, yeah. might have had been pretty heavy on the Rangers already. But yeah. it does, I mean, storyline-wise, it does make sense. They kind of needed a kind of a dedicated non-Ranger yeah. archer. Yeah, and in D&D, in 3rd edition, even on fighters, bows and arrows were very viable weapons. Do it that way. So let's move on to the Oath of Conquest Paladin. So, Oath of Conquest... I don't know, they... On the surface, they... I mean, they're... They see glory in battle and the subjugation of their enemies. I mean, that could... That could basically fall down the entire... Evil line, for the most part. Or... Yeah. You could probably even finagle it well, as a actually, lawful good. I, I couldn't see it quite as a lawful good, but I could I could see, uh, if you remember our first character I played with you guys, I could see Garshan being one of these. Yeah. Because I, I could see Vayne devotees following this oath. Maybe not, maybe not lawful good, but maybe lawful evil. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's actually what it's largely made. Um. So, uh, the the tenets of conquest are doused. This the is fort- really the first. It's really the first um, paladin that's really designed for evil characters. That isn't just like you broke your oath. This is you deliberately chose this way. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'd actually like to see Megan play a Oath of Conquest Paladin. What you say? I'd like to see Megan play an Oath of Conquest Paladin. Yeah. Although I still think she could become an Oathbreaker. <laughs> that's that's possible got, too. Finding a way to break an oath is generally the, the way her characters play. Yes, it is. So, um, the, the, the Oath of Conquest Paladins has the tenets, uh, has the oath, yeah, has the tenets of conquest here on their upper arm, which is to douse the flame of hope, rule rule with an iron fist, and strength above all. Um... Make sure you have plenty of rust remover. Yeah. Otherwise, that iron fist is going to stop working so good. <laughs> they, they carry they carry some WD forty on them at all times. Um. Oh my gosh. I you know what Zach? Look, just looking at the spells you get as an oath of conquest paladin, I don't think you're going to allow it. Um. Because at third level, they get command. <laughs> um, as well as armor of Agathes. Fifth level, they get hold person, spiritual weapon. Ninth, bestow curse and fear. Thirteenth, dominate beast and stone skin. Seventeenth, cloud kill and dominate person. But at third level, you do get the um, ch- you get your channel divinity, uh, and it is you can. Use it for conquering presence. You can use your channel divinity to extrude a terrifying presence. Um, as an action, you can force each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it becomes frightened of you for one minute. Um, frightened creature can repeat the saving throw of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. Um, get Guided strike. Uh, channel divinity to strike with supernatural a- accuracy. Um, get plus 10 bonus to the roll. Um, you make this choice when you see, uh, after you roll, but before you know if it hit or misses. At 7th level, you get Aura of Conquest. Um, 
You constantly emanate a menacing aura while you're not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened from you, its speed is reduced to zero while in the aura, and the creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level if it starts there. It starts its turn there. At 18th level, the aura increases to 30 feet. At 15th level, you get Scornful Rebuke. Um, those who dare to strike you are psychically punished for their audacity. Whenever a creature hits you with an attack, that creature takes psychic damage equal to charisma modifier if you're not incapacitated. Yeah. Get that with Hellish Rebuke and bam. Yeah. <laughs> and then at 20th level... Invincible Conqueror, you gain the ability to harness Extraordinary Martial Prowess. As an action, you can magically become an avatar of Conquest, gaining the following benefits for one minute. Resistance to all damage. When you take an attack on your turn, you can make one additional attack as part of it, that action. Oh, when you... T yeah, um, and your melee weapons score a critical hit on a roll of 19 or 20 on the d20. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I love all the fear effects they get, and just the just the sheer brute force these guys get. Yeah, I mean, understandably, they're if you're if you're there to do conquest, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would I would say fear would be very very useful in that situation. Yeah, conquest does tend to be a brute force sort of tactic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, what I would love to see is, uh, even though we're not talking about this episode, just Kim trying to be a redeemer. A re oath of redemption paladin. In the mix of the rest of us. <laughs> okay, when you put it that way, I, I get why you think that'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to the Rangers. So, Seth, you like the Horizon Walker. I do. What 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 about it do you like? Um, honestly, my favorite thing is the fact that it seems to lend itself to becoming friends with a dragon. I mean, uh, let's see, where is it that it says that? Um... Oh, you guard the world against threats that originate from other planes and uh, that seek to ravage the mortal realm. Seek out planar portals, blah, blah, blah. Also friends to any forces in the multiverse, especially benevolent dragons, fey, and elementals that work to preserve light, life and order. <laughs> I mean, there's well, nothing about me... There's nothing about me that being friends with a dragon or fae or elemental wouldn't make better. I agree to that. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's dig into the mechanics. Sorry, um, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're telling you. <laughs> we're all learning here. <laughs> Um, so, at third level, you, well, you, you get, like all rangers, you get, um, spells, but Horizon Walker, you get protection from good and evil at third, Misty Steph at fifth, haste at ninth, banishment at thirteenth, and teleportation circle at seventeenth. Um. Right. You can't be that you have banishment. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> Um, but you also get Detect Portal at third level. You magically sense the presence of a planar portal, um, and you can detect the distance and direction to the closest planar portal within one mile of you. Um, you also get the planar warrior aspect at third level. You draw... On the energy of the multiverse and augment your attack. As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 30 feet. Next time you hit the creature on its turn, 
With a weapon attack, all damage dealt becomes force damage, and the creature takes an extra 1d8 force damage. When you reach 11th level, it takes an extra, it increases to 2d8. Um, at 7th level, you learn to step through the ethereal plane. As a bonus action, you can cast ethereal, the etherealness spell with this feature without expending a spell slot, but the spell ends at the end of the next turn. And you can't use it again until you use a rest. Um, at 11th level, you get gain the ability to pass between the planes in the blink of an eye, called Distant Strike. When you make an attack action, you can teleport up to 10 feet before each attack to an unoccupied space. You can see if you attack at least two different creatures with this action, you make you can make uh, one additional attack with it against the third creature. And at 15th level... Basically you get teleporting, slicing, and moving on. Yeah, you basically become the X-Men Nightcrawler, which <laughs> is my dream. <laughs> so you become Nightcrawler and befriend a dragon. Exactly. And at fifteenth uh, level, um, you can you get spectral defense. Um, your ability to move between planes enables you to slip through the planar boundaries to lessen the harm done during battle. When you take damage from attack, you can use a reaction to give yourself resistance. Um, to all that attacks damage on this turn. Pretty nice yep. there. Um, yep. All right, let's move on to the Gloomstalker. Now, the glo I like the Gloomstalker. I, I think the Gloom is. I think the Gloom is going to put out a restraining order. <laughs> well, I like the Gloomstalker because it. It seems to be the real ranger archetype. The one that actually goes through the darkness and becomes one with the darkness to find its prey. It's like a a good uh, a, how Batman should be without all the extra baggage. <laughs> You uh, you get your gloom soccer spells at third level. You get disguise self, fifth rope trick, ninth fear, thirteenth greater invisibility, and seventeenth seeming. Um, you get dread. Seeming is just a really high end illusion. Just if you weren't sure what spell that was, it's a really good illusion. Um, at third level, you get dread ambusher. Um, you give yourself a bonus to initiative rolls equal to your wisdom modifier. Um, at the start of your first turn of each combat, your walking speed increases by 10 feet, lasts until the end of that turn. Um, when you take an attack action, you can make one additional weapon attack as a part of that action. If it hits, the target takes an extra 1d8 damage of the weapon type damage. Um... You get Umbreal Sight at 3rd level as well. It gives you Dark Vision out to a range of 60 feet. If you already have Dark Vision from your race, it increases by another 30 feet. Um, you're also adept at evading creatures that rely on Dark Vision. While in darkness, you're invisible to any creature that relies on Dark Vision to see you in the darkness. Um, Boy, that growl was surprised. <laughs> yeah. That drow didn't see it coming. Um, seventh level, you get Iron Mind, um, you, which means you gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. If you already have this proficiency, you gain, uh, you gain proficiency in either, proficiency in either intelligence or charisma saving throws. Uh, at eleventh level, you get Stalker's Fur Flurry. Uh, you learn to attack with such unexpected speed, you can turn a miss into another strike. On, once on each of your turns, when you miss with a weapon attack, you can make another weapon attack as part of the same action. Uh, you get Shadowy Dodge at 15th level. You can dodge in unforeseen ways with wisps of supernatural shadow around you. When a creature makes an attack roll against you and doesn't have advantage on the roll, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on it. Uh, you must use this... Uh, feature before you know the outcome of the attack roll. 
like I said, the the it seems more of the the ranger archetype of going in and you know cleaning evil out of the darkness. Like I said, it's how Batman really should be without all the baggage. So let's move on to our final subtype, the Rogue Mastermind. Um, you know, this is kind of like uh, Megan's character in that uh, I believe it uses a lot of charisma too as a rogue. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think it would go go for her playing style as well. Um, yeah. So the the mastermind well, plays different. I'm just saying it, it has a it has a secondary stat that not all rogues need to rely on as much. That's like the same as if you were a swashbuckler. They fight very different. But yeah. Um. So let's let's take a look. So, at, when you choose the archetype at third level, you get Master of Intrigue, um, you get Proficiency with a disguise, a disguise Kit, Forgery Kit, and a gaming set of your choice. You also get to learn two new languages. Um, you can, additionally, you can unerringly... I'm going to learn the most useful... I'm going to learn the most useful one. Flawed and Null. Because <laughs> everyone speaks them. Yep. Uh, additionally, you can... Uh, and erringly mimic the speech patterns and accent of a creature you hear speak for at least a minute, enabling you to pass yourself off as a native speaker of a particular land, provided you know the language. Uh, you get Master of Tactics as well. You can use the Help action as a bonus action. When you use the Help action to aid an ally in attacking a creature, the target of that attack can be within 30 feet of you rather than within 5 feet of you if the target can see or hear you. Um, so are you just basically yelling things at them? I I'm guessing, like it's it's hey hey I know you're, um, like a, a like the uh, College of of Whispers, like hey I know your secret. Yeah. What ah got stabbed. Just just a little bit of distraction. Um, you also get insightful get manipulation. Hmm? I was just saying, get him, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> um, get uh, at ninth level. You're you're the mass uh, insightful manipulator. If you spend at least one minute observing or interacting with another creature outside of combat, you can learn certain information about its capabilities compared to your own. The DM tells you if the creature is equal, superior, or inferior in regard to. Two of the following characteristics characteristics of your choice. Intelligence, wisdom, charisma, or cat, uh, scores, or class level. Um, at the DM's option, you might also realize you know, a piece of the creature's history or one of its personality traits, if it has any. Uh, at 13th level, you get misdirection. Uh, you can sometimes cause, an, cause another creature to suffer an attack meant for you. Uh... When you're targeted by an attack while a creature within five feet of you is granting you cover against the attack, you can use a reaction to have the attack attack the creature instead of you. So, you... Re I, you get I, the ability to use human shields. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, really would only help if you've got some sort of fighter next to you. No, because you can do it to enemy strong. creatures. Yeah, but th I think... Because think about If it's currently you cover, that means, for example, if there's an ogre between you and the dragon that's breathing... Well, no, that that doesn't quite work that way. But, like, if, if a giant was getting ready to throw a rock and there was an ogre between him and you, you would have a lot of cover as a medium or small creature. So you could make the rock hit the ogre instead. But it doesn't work on lizard folk because they're the same size. Mm, depends on terrain and how they're lined <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, 
It actually would do a pinball thing, probably. <laughs> You'd just be trying to get the one that was trash-talking you, and then the village would be gone. <laughs> and finally, at 17th level, you get Soul of Deceit. Your thoughts can't be read by telepathy or other means unless you allow it. You can present false thoughts by succeeding on a charisma deception check contested by the mind reader's wisdom insight check. Additionally, no matter what you say, magic that would determine if you're telling the truth indicates you are being truthful if you choose, and you can't be compelled to tell the truth by magic. You know, I would love to... That, that is a fun ability to have. I, I would love to do it just for that. And I would purposely get myself captured so I could have one heck of an interrogation scene. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that effect, doing it during an interrogation. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, but how, how often are, are we kind of railroaded by... Um, I guess law enforcement when you, when you reach that level? Nah, the guys just get involved. So then you can, so then you can just mess with the guy. <laughs> well, that's that's all I've got for for this episode. Any final yep. thoughts? Uh, I'd have them, but uh, they couldn't be read unless I chose them to. <laughs> Alrighty, well... But who knows, I might present some false thoughts. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I would like to thank all of our guests, as well as bensound.com for our music, Extreme Action. You can find them at bensound.com, as well as visit us at companionsofperception.net.